This is You Don't Say, conversations about the Black experience in Columbia, then and now. I'm Takia Thomas. Muriel Browder is the daughter of Muriel and Elliot Battle, an influential pair of advocates and educators and Battle High School's namesake. Monica Naylor is the daughter of Beulah Ralph, another Columbia educator so prominent they named an elementary school in her honor. The two families socialized and worshiped together at St. Paul AME, a historic African Methodist Episcopal Church. For KDIA's You Don't Say series, Browder and Naylor got together at St. Paul's to discuss what it was like growing up on the brink of major social change, the excitement, the growing pains, and the promises kept and broken. Here's Muriel Browder. My childhood memories are so wonderful as far as a living in a community that supported you and were your greatest cheerleaders it, and having having our church and having um, the camaraderie uh, and being around educated um, parents, neighbors. I, I guess in the 50s, everyone knew that they were on the threshold of change. Um, so uh, it, was, it was an exciting time. Uh, I do think back how in the world uh, our parents put up with some of the stuff they had to put up with, and yet we were not aware of it at the time. Just the changes that we were going through in the community, as I mentioned, Douglas was an all-black school. And at the end of that 1959-1960 school year, students had to go to other schools. So for me, as I said, I was a kindergartner in first grade at the all-black school. Now I'm a little black girl in a whole new educational environment and it was frightening it, it it was scary there were people who didn't look like me which I was accustomed to having a teacher who looked like me a secretary a principal so all of those changes were you know it it, it was just difficult and it was um, it was not a lot of fun at that time we're we're the ones as as a race who always had to make the changes uh, it wasn't, you know, integration was not bringing in Caucasians to Douglas. It was we, obviously, because of the color of our skin, were lesser and had to go to a better um, area, which is just not true. When when Columbia started integration, it wasn't the students that were integrated first. It was the teachers. And so they took... Um, I would assume the great teachers out of the school, the, the, the great African-American teachers, and integrated the public schools with them first, and then we came second. This is You Don't Say. I'm Takia Thomas, and we're listening to a conversation between longtime Columbians Muriel Browder and Monica Naylor. You can hear more from this series at kdia.org. Now, back to the conversation. It's easy to forget um, history that is not pretty. So 
I don't know about you, I feel really young, <laughs> even though I know I'm a senior. Um, but in my lifetime, I just cannot believe that when we came to Columbia, Missouri, we were told not just where we could live, where we could not live, where we could not shop, where we could not eat. That is um, mind-boggling to me. Um, my Caucasian friends did not know of this and are always surprised when I tell them this because this was not a part of their world. I think about when I left Douglas and went as a second grader to Ridgeway Elementary School, I just thought I was a regular student, just like every other second grader. And I was until the first birthday party. And I was not invited because it was at the Empire Roller Rink, and we were not allowed to go to the Empire Roller Rink. So even though I had the classmates who wanted to include me, there was that barrier there that kept me from being a part of the rest of my class. We had this cocoon community where we could um, talk about anything and any issues. Um, and everyone was always on their best behavior, black and white. I, I think about that now. I think about us in the 50s and 60s sitting around the dinner table and talking about all the issues of the day. And they were positive times. It was change that we knew was coming and, and I knew with Martin Luther King that by the time I had children of my own, no one was going to be judged by the color of their skin. We would all become colorblind. And I remember just a few years ago when my children were in high school thinking, someone lied to me because <laughs> they're going through the same feelings and thoughts um, that, that I had. We've always had to see through others' lenses. I think it's time that um, we are thought of as folks who have been through a lot and it's not our fault. You know, it is not our fault that um, there is anger. Um, we have a lot to be angry about. I think it says so much that we are survivors and that through everything, we still look at people as good and we still have such hope for this country. You Don't Say is a special project commissioned by the city's Bicentennial Como 200 Task Force. It's co-produced by the Sharpened Heritage Committee and KDIA. You can hear more conversations online at kdia.org.